Just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, the traffic getting up to Alta or Snowbird is a nightmare. And the Utah Department of Transportation, or the UDOT, has committed to doing something about it. But what? Multiple proposals have been whittled down to two. Either an eight-mile gondola that runs up and down Little Cottonwood Canyon from a parking area, or an enhanced bus system that either widens the road or works with the road it's got. The decision will be taxpayer-funded, and chances are you've got a strong opinion on it. The UDOT has received more than 15,000 comments throughout this decision-making process, and it seems like public input has them scared shitless, because the decision we were supposed to get this spring has now been kicked down to next winter and possibly next year. My guests today are two people who love recreating in Little Cottonwood Canyon, and they've been friends for 25 years, raised kids together who learned to ski in the canyon. You get the vibe. Dr. Mike Jaffe is not opposed to a gondola up the canyon, but Chris Adams, the board chair for Wasatch Backcountry Alliance, thinks it's a bad idea. So we're having a friendly debate. It's Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Chris and Mike, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. So, Mike, I'm, I think you're kind of a unicorn because you are interested in the idea of the gondola. And I'm curious how you how you got to this place that you're in now with the gondola? Well, when it's winter time and there's storms coming, there's just snow on the road and things happen to the road. It shuts down, cars slide off, bus will slide off. It seems like a solution that will never work no matter how much effort. And you're referring to the bus, the bus solution. Referring to the bus and the road. Yeah. And when you start thinking about the environmental impacts of the a bus system with a wider road. Well, now you have to pave more of that heat mm-hmm. and there's runoff issues with water supply. And, and then again, you're just burning carbon, you're burning fuel mm-hmm. and leaving people in their cars mm-hmm. or putting them in buses. And it's not more, it may be more efficient. It may work very well on dry days, mm-hmm. um, but I don't see it working. I see it as a doomed to fail solution. Hmm. And I've ridden the bus quite a bit, but you know, it's still nicer to be in your environment. So if there was a station and I would say one that we could park at Mm -hmm. without a whole lot of transfers, um, and you, you know, get on that gondola. So it takes 10 more minutes compared to uh, a dry road, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take 45 minutes less in a backed up winter road. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course. You know, just thinking about the environmental impact of a lift tower, which you, know, you got to pour a little cement, you got to put in a foundation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some wheels up there that take some grease and probably will drip a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't see that environmental impact being anywhere near as big as widening the road. Hmm. Visually, it may look worse, but environmentally, you know, truths to the water supply, which is probably the most crucial thing that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, it's going to work out better. Hmm. Um, you know, I think it would be a nice environment to float up that canyon and see what's going on all over as opposed to be in the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we keep wanting to double down on the same solution that doesn't work. Hmm. If the gondola were in place, where do people park to catch the gondola? Like, what does that lot look like? Yeah, there, it's yet to be seen what the final proposal will be, hmm. but it looks like someone proposed the saying 1,500 car lot, like a multi-story building, a parking lot. Okay. And, you know, like, if there's ski lockers there and you left your ski locker, that's going to sure incentivize you to go there mm-hmm. to access the mountain. You know, all of a sudden, that's going to be more efficient than mm-hmm. bringing your stuff up and back. Mm-hmm. Sure. The thing about the parking is that the people who are promoting the gondola are private citizens mm-hmm. who are looking to develop this area that they want or have the option to purchase. And the gondola is to benefit two private ski areas. It doesn't help anyone who doesn't want to go to the skier. Hmm. And the problem with the parking is they've said that those 1,500 stalls are going to be available at, and I'll use the word that I was told, a premium price. Okay. So those, that's code for expensive, right? So now you're taking a sport that's already expensive and you're making people pay more to park closer. No one's talking about how much the gondola is going to cost to, to ride. They keep saying they haven't determined that, which I find hard to believe. Well, the skiers are saying they will... Not free for their, their, not the whole thing. Season passes. I haven't, I have not heard that from the ski areas, at least yet. One of the issues with the gondola is that, well, I have a couple issues. One, I think is that I think you're right that people, once they're on the gondola, they may find the ride enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Getting to the gondola, I think is going to be a lot harder work than it sounds like. Mm. You know, are you really going to leave your house, drive to the gravel pit, take a bus to the gondola and then ride the bus up? Knowing that you then have to do the same, I ride the gondola up doing the same thing to come all the way back down. You're not going to do that. That's three transfers to ride that thing up, right? It's going to be so unwieldy enough. Your arms filled with all your stuff. You're going to say, screw it, I'm staying in my car. How is that different than the bus, Chris? Well, the bus is never going to give it a chance. Okay. So it, I guess my bigger position on this is that I agree with what you're saying about the road, right? In the winter. Never going to work. No, I don't agree with that. It can get slippery and it can get snotty, right? I think that it is a mistake to think that we can conquer. We cannot. <laughs> Absolutely cannot. Winter will win. There will be avalanches. There will be plenty of times the gondola can't run. So you've still got two or 3,000 people an hour going up the road. It's interesting because they've thrown out a whole lot of different numbers between riders. I mean, this one, it can carry more, but the way it's been proposed and the way the towers are set up, it is for 1,000 people per hour. How many people go on a busy day to Halter Snowbird? Like up the whole canyon? It can be like over 10,000. So, yes. So, within three hours, it could do a third on the in and a third on the out. So, but it's not solving the problem. That's the whole point. So, what you're saying, Chris, is you think that more people will actually be going up the canyon because they'll say, oh, well, traffic isn't as bad because people are taking the gondola. So, the, Im- the human impact in the canyon is going to be larger. Yeah. So my point is, let's take a big step back. Mm -hmm. What is the goal here? Is the goal just to get people up the canyon as fast as possible? Mm -hmm. The goal was, that's not how it was defined in the EIS. The goal is, 
to provide an integrated ta- transportation system that improves the reliability, mobility, and safety for residents, visitors, and commuters who use SR210, right? So it's not about getting people up to Altar Snowbird faster. It's about improving reliability and mobility, right? There's one safety there. I mean, safety, safety being on a gondola is going to be way more safe for than driving down a snow-covered road in a bus or a car. Sure. And sure. They're going to have to charge for parking. Elton Snowbird has to divert some of that money towards the building of the gondola. So again, it's just reality. But, but let's just be clear. The ski resorts and UDOT and the developers of the gondola will not commit to any of that yet. That's all, that's all us saying they have to do this. They right? Will. Yes. No, no. You're saying they will, but they have not committed to it. The reason I don't think the gondola is needed is for the same reason I don't think you need to expand the road. I think that the system that we have now can work if it's given a chance. Accepting and a baseline, there will be times that the road is terrible. Okay. And at some point you start to say, look, the weather's terrible. Like we're not going to conquer nature. Like I want to go skiing as bad as anybody, but it may cost me time to get up there. And I'm not going to defile the canyon with a wider lane or with a gondola tire that's 230 feet tall or the 20 towers over 10 or over 200 feet tall. Okay. Those are big. That's not a tower. And that's like this gigantic, it's a 20 story building of steel, right? So look, look at Snowbird last year, parking reservations. Snowbird was super manageable last year. It was lovely. Look at Alta this year, parking reservations, super manageable. Like there's a pretty obvious solution right there, right? If they both use a reservation system, the panic will go down. It'll go down because, uh, not as many people can, will be able to go. And again, that's creating a different set of problems, but that's the fact, right? We've outgrown little Utah. It's changed a lot. It's, it's crowded. So I think that with parking reservations, I think with having people take the bus on the regular roads, having people using green buses, right? Natural gas buses. We did a test run and it worked beautifully. I agree with you with a whole bunch of cars in there. I'm like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. I think we can use the existing infrastructure before we start making all these wholesale changes that will never be able to be put back. Mm-hmm. Once that gondola is there, they'll never be removed. Mm-hmm. Look at that one in Moab that sits going to Slip Rock on the north end of town. Never even operating. It's still there 20 years later. It's still sitting there. Like, what, what's up with that? Take that thing out already. Like, it's a rusted can just sitting there, but it's still, the line's still on it. I was taking it down. Mm-hmm. Right? So the other thing is that gondola works. It's two private citizens and all other people behind them making glitzy videos. UTA can't do that. They can't make a glitzy video about the bus. So everyone's like, oh, the bus, it stinks, it's gross. Look, give me a break. Coming down the canyon at four o'clock in a 25-person gondola car with everyone's stinky boots and all their stuff, it's going to smell too. It could be windy as hell. It could, dude, there could be no viz half the time because it's all storming, hopefully, right? Some of the time they're going to be below those clouds. The cables, the three, the three cable system breaks at 60, 70 mile hour winds. So you're looking at a, you know, reliability rate around 95% of the days. So pretty darn good. One of the things that, Mike, I think you brought up earlier was that you think there is a bit of a stigma around using the bus. Like, are, do you think that people would get on board with the bus? I think people have trouble getting on buses. I mean, the reality is we have them around town and they're underutilized. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the issues are last mile, mm-hmm. um, but the vast majority of people are going in resorts. They're going to Elton and Snowbird and their, and their solution might be the road. It might be a private car, but you know, to get people out of 
slamming up there into every parking lot so everything's full at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't see how the gondola changes that one bit. You're going to get, there still will be a, a traffic jam, you're right, but for those who chose wisely, they're going to find that they're down faster taking the gondola maybe than sitting in the road. They may be down a master, but not on faster. When you're two and a half hours in, in traffic, which has happened to us sure. this year, I'm okay. sure, mm-hmm. um, that's not fun. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I got 37 minutes from Alta mm-hmm. to the base. Could it be nuts? It could be. I just don't see how it solves the problem. I mean, I think that, I think the other problem that we're not really talking about is that if the goal is to solve the traffic issue, I don't see how putting a 1500 person parking lot in the middle of Cottonwood Heights is going to solve that. Cause now you get all those people who are trying to park there. Still goes down Wasatch Boulevard. Still going on Wasatch Boulevard. So this is where, again, I think we need to have like a regional transportation solution mm-hmm. where you, know, you talk to people who grew up here, right? And mm-hmm. they say, yeah, when I was a kid, I could hop on the bus at Dan's at Foothill, go direct to solitude. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist now. So mm-hmm. I think there, I think the problem, part of the issue that we're facing, right? Is that the way the funds were allocated was they're only for a little Cottonwood, mm-hmm. but that's not really the right way to look at it because you have to at least look at big cottonwood, right? Big cottonwood has gotten so busy, mm-hmm. so much busier than it ever used to be. Mm-hmm. The, the line going up to big cottonwood in the morning, it's crazy. It's madness. Yeah. It's total madness, right? <laughs> so I think that it's a big mistake not to be looking at this on a regional transportation front of the valley, mm-hmm. because then I think people are much more likely to ride the bus because now you're saying, look, the bus leaves from the U. Park your car right at the U, you mm-hmm. get on with your stuff there, and it goes express to Snowbird. Done. Right? And I agree with you. There's things they can do between parking reservations. I think they can also uh, limit uphill traffic in the morning and say, look, only buses are run from 7 to 9. If you want to drive your car, that's fine. Unless you're an employee, you don't get to go out. And the bus just has to run more often. That's the problem, too, is that the ski bus is very seasonal. And I agree with you that the bus around town doesn't work, but the ski bus gets used extensively. Mm-hmm. In fact, the buses were expanded a couple of years ago. They added 20% more buses and they yeah. immediately filled up, immediately filled up. So there is demand to use the bus. Uh, but I think the bus has a lot more opportunity, but it's never been given the chance to really work. So it's going to relegate be just like horrible on earth. It has to be a financial disincentive to drive in your personal car. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that there needs to be disincentive, but I also think that like, I think the solitude model is much better than the Alta, right? Because the Alta model just says it's 25 bucks per car. We don't care if there's one of you or 20 of you in the car. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, I don't care. I'll just drive myself. I got to pay 25 bucks. The Solitude model says if it's just you, it's 20 bucks. If there's two of you or three of you, it's 10 bucks. If there's four of you, it's five bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're, now you're creating incentive to carpool, mm-hmm. right? So I have a question. So you said, Chris, that there has been no commitment from either of the resorts that they would subsidize or that there would be any sort of subsidy to the cost of riding the gondola. Do we know if that would be the case for the buses? The way it works now is everyone who has a season pass to Alter or Snowbird mm-hmm. gets free rides on UTA on the bus. Okay. Um, so, the, so yes, the bus is subsidized by the ski areas. I've not heard, and I, part of my issue with the gondola is that it's this private developer building a publicly funded uh, ski lift. Mm-hmm. It's not a transportation solution. It's a ski lift mm-hmm. to two private entities. And those two private entities aren't paying anything for it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's all public funded. Yeah. Some sort of transportation solution is going to be funded. But it's not a transportation solution. It's a ski. It's only going to run for four months. It's not even run during the summer. Seriously? Seriously. It, it, it runs, it, it's got to run for 
It's October 5th. They, they had decided Great way to set it's trying from like December 15th to like April 1st. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so then you're driving October fest and the summer it's packed up there. It's packed. And the freaking gondola is just hanging there mocking you. Like yeah, you can't even ride it. You can't even ride it. For, yeah. They don't have to do anything. That's my whole point. Or if you're a hiker. Okay, so you they, they need to open it. They, again, because they have to, they will, they're going to jump up. driving down the needle every August, September. This was, this was one of our first questions. Why is it not lying in the sun? Well, we're not sure how to use it yet. There's not enough demand. Mm. Okay, so again, you look at the, the problem, right? Is like 12 or 14 days a year. And I get it. We've all been stuck in the red snake for hours and hours and hours at a time. It's awful. It what? was 12 to 14 days a year. Now it's way more than that. I mean, now it happens on sunny days. So the, again, they're trying to create this, you know, five, six, seven hundred million dollar infrastructure change for something that happens 30 times a year. Okay. To, to get to two private ski areas, right? But, but you're saying private ski areas, but a large number of Salt Lake people and Utah people are going to be using this. It's not that many. These years are like less than 1% of the GDP of the state. Not even those two, which are less than that. The ski industry is not that big. And we're throwing like six or seven or eight hundred million dollars to deliver people to their doorstep to fill their wallets. Yeah, but we're going to enjoy using it. We're going to use it ourselves as citizens of this. Yeah, but, but it, I mean, look uh, again. Okay. Why is the ski area not paying for it? It does feel like this isn't the question everyone is asking. Scary should contribute to it. Yet they're not. We will see how it goes. <laughs> We're not at it done. We, we will not see how it goes. The money's coming from public funds. That's what it's been allocated. $600 million of public funds. So what's, what's the road going to cost to one? Oh, uh, like 500 million? Yeah. And that's the same price as the condo. Yeah, but I don't support that. That's my whole point. I'm not, I'm not sitting here arguing for that. Well, so we're clear. I thought it was really interesting that council member Jim Bradley said, Basically, one of the biggest reasons that he was in favor of the bus system is because it's nimble and it's something that they could undo. Because when we look at that canyon and we look at our snowpack and we look at how climate is affecting life in this valley, there is a question of how skiable will those resorts be in the coming years. And if we build this gondola, that's a permanent solution to a maybe not so permanent problem, it seems to be was his take. And so if we're crafting a really long-term solution to a problem that we can't, like our models can't keep up with the damage that we've done to this planet. And so when we think about these solutions being so permanent, I think it's interesting to hear a county council member like say that out loud, because I think that's what a lot of our leaders in the state aren't saying out loud. Yeah. I mean, look, we live in an interesting state, right? But I think it's important to note that the mayor of Salt Lake City, the mayor of Salt Lake County, and the mayor of Sandy are all opposed. Mm -hmm. They're all opposed to it, right? I think that the point you just raised, Ali, is, is important is that before you put in something that's so permanent, including expanding the road, I still am saying that mm-hmm. there's all these other solutions you can try first, right? You can try more buses. You can try these things. And in five years, we could try this like this year. This is part of the problem, right? Is that we keep saying it's coming. Mm-hmm. Utah's been wrestling with this decision, which yeah. is a huge decision, but it just keeps getting pushed farther out. Like you could buy more buses now mm-hmm. or sooner mm-hmm. and start those changes now and see how it works. Mm-hmm. And then in five years, people say, see, we told you it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Then you say, okay, it didn't work. Now I guess you're right. We have to build something more permanent that maybe we'll solve it a different way. There's some interesting things about maintaining these things. Like every bus you put on the road needs a driver who knows how to drive mountain roads. Um, and right now we've got a labor crunch. You know, the buses have life expectancies of 
in thir- 20 years or 30 years to 15. And they need maintenance. Look, there's no, yeah, there's no maintenance. maintenance. And, you know, gondola needs maintenance too, but you know, mm-hmm. and, and again, I'm going to keep coming back to it's cleaner than driving up and down that road on the watershed right next to the main water supply. Mm-hmm. Just so we're clear before we wear our arms out, pat ourselves on the back, stuff to drive to the bus dish. Your car uses much less energy to go across and flat. Okay. Okay. But I still have to drive 20 miles to the mouth of Little Conwood and then take my eight mile joyride. Right. I, I still have to do that. Mm-hmm. There's no bus that takes me there. We're not going to do the exact same thing every year, every year, every year. If there's a new modality of transportation, right. Things are going to run to it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying though. If we put a new modality of having a valley wide busing system that can be done soon. I think people start to use it. Hmm. I mean, I think Free Fair February is an interesting case study because bus ridership was up like, I think it was 22% over the month just because of it being free. That's not even the worst months of the inversion. Right. I'm curious to see. It could be a year before we have more answers. So I think that people will continue having this debate and we'll continue speculating until they give us little crumbs here from UDOT. I mean, UDOT, I think they're really struggling to make a decision because mm-hmm. I think that no matter plenty of people are going to be unhappy. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, the rest of us are still just like driving up and down like schmucks like we are already. Right. <laughs> we're like, we're like, again, nothing's changed. You know, millions of right. dollars are being spent yet. We're still stunk in our car. Like, cause there's no other option. And once again, yeah. we're all cursing like that. Nothing has been done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I'm just frustrated that here we are yet again, sitting in our car mm-hmm. because no one and look, no one's ever going to agree, but at some point, a tough decision's going to be made. Someone's going to make it. Yeah. Well, and don't forget, I mean, like, on top of deciding between these two options, whichever one it is, it's also going to be a culture shift. Like, asking people not to get in their cars and do it the old-fashioned way. And so regardless of which of these solutions they pick, it's going to also just require that everyone kind of go with it. Chris and Mike, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you very much. before we go. Over in Big Cottonwood Canyon, Brighton Resort announced that they're implementing a reservation system next season. It's unclear whether that will be just for Icon Pass holders or for all guests. Big Sky in Montana and Aspen Snowmass in Colorado are also hopping on board a reservation system. Two more resorts in the Icon Pass family. No word from Vail yet, but they might. That's our show today on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. I'm just going to record like this and then we'll just stitch it all together. It'll be gorgeous.